Hello and welcome to the Queen Core Podcast. I am your host, Carolyn King. With the rise in spirituality in an unstable world, there's a new focus on a power known as the Divine Feminine, Goddess and Queen energies, especially on social media. Hashtag Queen. People are connecting in with the confidence and the power that this stands for, which is often at odds with the world that we live in. However, this queen energy is not just for the ladies. It's not about gender identity or biological sex, but ancient empowering energies that predate language itself. It's both strong and vulnerable all at once. So by exploring this rise in the so-called Insta goddess, we discuss how this impacts on music industry professionals and their lives. Let's welcome the goddess in. This week's guest is post-punk pioneer, musician, songwriter, filmmaker and painter Gina Birch. She's a co-founding member of Kurt Cobain's favourite band, The Raincoats. She's made music videos for everyone from the Libertines to New Order to the Ramones. So let's meet Gina and welcome the goddess in. You're an absolute pioneer for particularly women's expression in creative industries. Your music, your film, your art, I would say all shows a real consideration for what's known as the divine feminine energy, otherwise known as goddess or queen-like energy that's emotive, strong and wild all at the same time. How does this feminine force influence your work? You know, I, I was very lucky in that I didn't really get a lot of push back on what I wanted to do creatively and then punk was happening and I came to London and I saw the slits play and their energy was just unlike any other energy I'd seen before in a rock and roll band their crazy presence was an energy that I hadn't really seen before but I identified so strongly with it that I knew it was something that I really wanted to do or be involved in Ari was very young. She was only 14 and I was probably 19 or 20 at the time. So she was kind of a lot younger than me, but she had this incredible fearlessness. You know, Tessa was amazing. Kate Corris was the guitarist at that point. That was before Viv joined. And Palmolive was on the drums and Palmolive was just such a life force. It was unbelievable. So, you know, there there were these incredible women doing something that I hadn't seen before. And it gave me courage. One day I, I was at a, an art conference in Soho and I ran out to buy myself a bass guitar. I thought, oh, I'll get a bass guitar. It's only got four strings and I'll be able to do something with it. I couldn't play it. I didn't even ask to try out the bass when I went in the shop because I had no idea how to play it. Little by little, I kind of plonked around and I found that there were visual patterns. So I could work around a melody, you know, I could work melodies out through visual patterns. But Anna came back from Madeira. She'd been back to see her family in Madeira and we got together. Shortly thereafter, we were invited to do a gig. It was We'd only been playing together for about three weeks. And we were playing our first gig. And it was terrifying. You know, no goddess energy there. It's taken me time, actually, to find that strength in me performance-wise and voice-wise. 
Anna was very encouraging of us all to write lyrics, and I, I didn't really know what I thought. So I think the first song I wrote was called No One's Little Girl, which was that idea of kind of defying that position of being infantilized and so on, and, and, and actually trying to be my own person, you know. I don't think it's necessarily an energy that comes fast and furious. You have to dig for it. Certainly, I did. And and you know you're 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 scrabbling around in the dust trying to find who who am I? What have I got to say? How would you say that that's influenced? It's fascinating. How has that influenced your creative output from the beginning? When when Palmolive wrote those songs in the slits about shoplifting, I'd be in the twenty four hour supermarket with Palmolive when she had this big long coat, but she had holes in the pocket so sometimes she'd put something in her pocket and it would slip through onto the floor the, the, the songs were about her life I tried to tune into the spirit of what was happening to me in my life just songs that were from a very female perspective I was look, trying to look at the world through my through a kind of female lens because we all look at the world through a male lens a lot of the time if you can kind of push that aside and not um, invalidate the female lens, you can find all sorts of amazing stuff there. Trying to tune into your own rhythms and your own psyche, if you like. Yeah, that's so interesting. So the idea of of you know the divine feminine or the goddess or the queen having all those options. It's about the options and on on your track feminist song for example you know you sing about you're almost affirming to yourself and the world I'm a warrior I'm a city girl I'm tough but I'm also emotional sometimes I'm angry sometimes I'm happy is is that what that song's about yeah and sometimes I'm a pushover (laughs) yeah the pivotal line can you tell me about that well it just felt like you are all, you know, each of us embodies all those things, I think. Not everybody lets them all through all the time. But yeah, sometimes I really feel like a warrior. And sometimes I just can't be bothered. <laughs> yep, <laughs> I hear you. In terms of, because all, all gender identities can embody a queen a queen energy if they choose to. And I've always thought that um, Kurt Cobain was a really great example of like a conscious man who embodied and and respected and supported the divine feminine energy in in all of his work, his music, his art and his general sort of outlook. And I know he was a huge fan of of your band. Um, Can you tell us about when you met him? Uh, I can't because I didn't. Uh, Anna met him. Oh, Anna met him. Okay. Kim and Courtney had gone into the Rough Trade shop, which is in Portobello, that that one there. And Anna was working in her cousin's antique shop just up the road. But they were looking for a copy of our first album. But the album was out of print, of course. No one was that interested in it at that time. Well, apart from Kurt and I mean, I think in America we 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 often we were more exotic than we were in the UK. Anyway, the people in the Rough Trade shop knew Anna worked in the shop nearby, so they sent Kurt and Courtney to where Anna was working. Unfortunately, she had a customer at the time, a Portuguese antique dealer, so they kind of were quite shy and said they were looking for the album. And Anna didn't know who they were. 
<laughs> it was only after they'd gone that the rough trade shop people rang and said, did they, what happened? What happened? They should have rung before and said they're coming, but um, they didn't. And so Anna just spoke to them quite briefly um, and promised that she would find a copy of the album and send it, and which, which uh, we did. And we wrote lots of stuff to them. And then Kurt wrote about, about it in the sleeve notes to Incesticide, you know, about the raincoats. And then he he also, we asked him to write the sleeve notes for the re-release on CD of our first, of the first album. He seemed like a really cool person, you know. He, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of really cool men. My husband is one of them, Mike Holdsworth. And, you know, a lot of men really see the female energy and female power as something special and to be valued and to be listened to you know Jeff Travis from Rough Trade I mean he always said you know that the history of the 20th century you know Marxism and feminism were two very incredibly you know things not to be ignored you know so and then he started Rough Trade and employed an awful lot of women and got a lot of women bands and Everyone got paid the same salary, and you know, so it was a very idealistic and not, you know, manageably fair. Although it didn't quite last that way, a lot of the female bands kind of disappeared, and the wages started to get more different. Each week, I'll be bringing you Queen Core's very own Queen Scope. This will be discussing what's going on in the universe and what might affect you and your energy. This week, Mercury goes retrograde in Virgo for the final time this year, from the 26th September to 18th of October. This is a time to really focus on how we communicate with those closest to us. How can you improve this, for example, by thinking about the gratitude you have for them, rather than any old issues or any resentment? You can't manifest in the law of attraction when you're full of negative emotions like anger. So let that shit go and express gratitude, even for the tiniest things. Now back to my chat with Gina. Well, I was going to ask you, um, because we are in, in a time when this sort of queen goddess energy is very popular on social media. Do you, I mean, do you think this means that we are on the brink of a more balanced world where people embrace, you know, both vulnerability and strength over more toxic behaviour? Well, it's very nice to think that is the case. Politicians don't seem to embrace that too much. I mean, we've got a delicious, lovely woman in the Green Party, but, you know, we have one of the worst Home Secretaries ever. It's, you know, there are so many crap women as well. Society is slightly more equitable in our culture, but, you know, when you think about what's happening in Iran and Iraq and, you know, Afghanistan, it's kind of gone backwards. You know, it's like you press the bubble down here and it pops up somewhere else, you know. We we always thought that progress was kind of a, you know, a, a steady move towards things getting better. But it doesn't always seem to be that way, does it? We seem to have backlashes. What's happened in the last 10, 12 years with this government seems to have sent us into a tailspin. I mean, we've lost our 
control of being able to demonstrate. You know, now there's going to be a law that journalists can't print leaks from the government. They'll be pro- prosecuted. That's in our culture and uh, what's happening to women around the world. You know, I don't know. I just... And I've seen that you've you've actually painted some things around these topics. Is that right? Yeah, I did. I have painted uh, paintings around sexual assault and oh, oh and and um, yeah, uh, uh, women being um, thrashed and uh, punished for looking at a man or walking in the street with a man. You know, I, I suppose it's kind of daft, really, to kind of over dramatize one's own importance i'm not trying to do that i try to bring people's attention to something maybe if they happen to chance across my my work but i always thought you know like the raft of the medusa was actually painted to tell people what happened the shipwreck and how many people perished and so on things that don't get a lot of coverage in the press i think it's important to highlight them if you can i mean you know, I'm going to paint. I'm going to paint about something because I'm a figurative painter. So I decided I would try and paint things that meant something to me that maybe no one else was painting. Yeah, you've brought, like you said, you've brought a spotlight to these issues that we don't necessarily see in our day-to-day lives, even on media. In terms of now, who do you think embodies this queen energy or goddess energy in music? I would say Patti Smith. She does seems to be such a queen. I, I don't really know about the younger women. I mean, you know, I, I think Angel Olsen is incredible. Sharon Van Etten is incredible. You know, there's there's, there's some amazing singer-songwriters from the past, you know, people like Janis Joplin. I mean, people who throw themselves out there in kind of reckless craziness like Janis Joplin did you know she wasn't a a conventionally attractive woman and and she emoted like nobody's business and was so kind of amazing and powerful and then she got her downfall you know it's great I'm so pleased that Patti Smith is going to live is living to an older age she could have so easily been shot down by now Oh, so absolutely, Patty Smith. Janice Joplin, 100 billion percent. I, th- I think that f- for Janice, she operated much like the men of that time. I feel like that was her struggle in that she, she wanted to just be queen, but to also be in the rock genre and to, you know, to, as you said, emote like no one's business. But she had limitations through society, and I think that's what really led her down the, the path of, of self-destruction. And I, I read that she was really badly bullied by a lot of men at school. So, I mean, that's the toxicness that, that I'm referring to. Had she been able to just embody everything that she wanted without limits, would she still be with us now, potentially? Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, there was the drug thing, wasn't there? So she... she, she um... I think at that time, so many people burnt brightly and died Hendrix. And, you know, I suppose Hendrix had, uh, you know, and obviously Kurt, they had this kind of slightly idealistic thing, wasn't compatible with the world somehow. (laughs) I think that is the problem in a way, that you can't idealise things too much. There's a lot of bad in everything. There's a lot of good in everything, but there's a lot of bad as well. And, and, And somehow you have to accept some of the bad and it's really shit (laughs) 
if you're very purist about it, you you're gonna die on the vine. Yeah, sure. So I've got some some potential names for you to see if you think they are queen energy or not. Uh, number one is polystyrene. Yes, I do. But I'm mad she got Laura thrown out of X-ray specs. I think she needed to be solo queen. They became friends again later, but, you know, the spotlight was not to be shared. Well, so this is Laura Logic who played saxophone. Is that right? Yeah, she yeah. wrote... You know, that yeah. yeah. What about Katie Jean Garside? I love her. You know, I made a couple of music videos for her. Yes, for Daisy Chainsaw. What was that like? She, I mean, she's amazing. She was having a lot of issues at the time to do with the press and her family and was really struggling. But she is, she's really a very special performer, magical and scary. There's definitely very key ingredients of the goddess in there. I totally agree. I saw her at a tiny venue in Glasgow called King Tut's and I have never seen anything like it in my life. Yes. She was so primal and yet seemed also kind of fragile, like she could break at any moment. Yes, definitely her traits. You know, she she does that incredible spectrum of, of, of emotion. And I think it's genuine. It feels genuine, you know. Oh, yeah, that's not rehearsed at all. Yeah. That's goddess energy. And and I saw her after the show that night and she, she couldn't even like communicate or, or anything because she'd given so much. Yeah, yeah, definitely. What's the your favourite video that you've done? Well, I really like the one of um, Love Your Money. Yeah. If I'm working with the Libertines. <laughs> yeah. God, it was great making them for ourselves. Um, I did... Uh, some uh, there's some crazy ones for a band called Garage Land, an Australian band that I really like, which was twelve screens and where things get passed from screen to screen. We reenacted the same scene twelve times. That was a very conceptual one, but it worked really beautifully. I don't know, so many different ones. Oh yeah, and uh, Palmer Violets, probably one of the most recent ones. That was really good. Filmed that on Hampstead Heath and. Uh, we had a very low budget and they wanted to film on, you know, somewhere green. And so I thought, well, I need to have some other colours. So I bought four five-pound red umbrellas and um, the red umbrellas just worked so brilliantly because the heavens opened up and it rained like nobody's business. So they're like... Oh. And then when they went to Japan, loads of people in the queue all carrying red umbrellas because they thought that was their thing, you know. Wow, that's some great branding. It was a £20 art department budget. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And um, what about the New Order video? I'm obsessed with New Order. So <laughs> what was that like? I, I made it with a friend and we put, um, we started off putting a camera in the toes of two pairs of shoes, one pair of shoes. So we had these little tiny cameras. I, I went into a shoe shop and I asked if they had any abandoned shoes and they gave me a size 12 pair of men's shoes and I cut the toes off and put the cameras in the toes and then these wires went up into a rucksack with it <laughs> so this is this is in the old days you know now you could do it so easily but at the time we had to have two um dv cam cameras in the rucksack and and we went cycling and on a scooter and on a motorbike around town and that was one of that was the club 
mix of uh, crystal for New Order, and then the Jane Horrocks one. That was that was great fun, but it was it was actually really difficult because it was just up to Christmas, and I wanted really flat land, but I got loads of hills. <laughs> and the guy who did the art department was a brilliant guy, but he didn't put that much effort into making my suitcases, so they were all a bit tacky. Anyway. You know, it's funny because one can see one's own problems, but maybe other people don't notice them. With the end product, yeah. Yeah, and so in terms of other people who you, if you think they're queen or not, what about someone like Thurston Moore? Well, I think I'd go for Kim. You know, Thurston is brilliant, but he did bugger off with a much younger woman. And she's lovely. And I understand, you know, sometimes it has to be done. But I'm sticking up for Kim. Great. Hopefully we'll get her on the podcast. She is a queen. Yes. And the last person I wanted to ask is is Flea, because I noticed that Flea follows you on Instagram. I know. Gosh, I'd love to meet him. Are you not friends with him? No. No, I just I don't I don't know how that happened. I'm so I was so thrilled. I was, you know, and you just like, oh my god, I can't believe it. Wow. Is he Queen Energy? I think he bloody must be. Yeah. <laughs> because he follows you. <laughs> Oh, he seems really, really interesting. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that much about him, but he seems really cool. I like what he posts and he likes what I post. That's great. He is obviously a huge fan of your work. I think he he embodies the Red Hot Chili Peppers for me. Like, no flea, no Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He is the Red Hot Chili Peppers and he really like embodies, he's one of these musicians that... The person and the, the bass is not separate. They are one when you watch them play. And yeah, I think he embodies some sort of queen energy. Yeah. Um, oh, I do have one, one last person for you. And that is Aretha Franklin. Oh, my God. What a voice. What a person. You know, what a life. I mean, that she had two or three kids by the time she was 15. And then her voice. I mean, where does that come from? So transformative, you know. Imagine that going through your body. That is like, wow, it's beyond, isn't it? Imagine opening your mouth and that coming out. Incredible. Her movie is coming out soon um, with Jennifer Hudson playing Aretha. And I just found out that Aretha actually selected Jennifer Hudson to, to play her. Oh, brilliant. So by extension, Jennifer Hudson is also a queen. She she is, yeah. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that. And I think we'll see just how much of a queen Aretha actually was, not only musically, but as an activist as well. I think a lot of, a lot of that's sometimes a little bit erased. So many beautiful women in the world. And Aretha, you know, I think like Janice and Aretha, they're not, they're not getting by on their beauty. I mean, neither Polly... They, they get by on their strength and their extraordinariness. There are a lot of very, very beautiful women. All power to them. I'm glad that most of our goddesses aren't the beauties. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because um, would you say that women who present as stereotypically attractive to the male gaze potentially are somewhat disadvantaged by that in some level? I don't know. I did write that song. I wrote a song called Pretty, which was kind of about that. How would you know what you know why you like me if I'm like dead gorgeous? Yeah. So they become almost like one dimensional. Maybe. Doesn't do any harm, does it? 
<laughs> Sometimes it can be so, yeah, the creative person you want to be. Yes. It's very important, mostly in movies. <laughs> but I was just thinking about unusual looking people, like Karen Black or somebody like that, slightly kind of cross-eyed. Yes, yeah. But they have something very appealing about them, very gorgeous. Absolutely, they, they embody a queen energy. Yes. Where, yeah, where they have options of how they present. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Is there anyone else who you think is, is queen who comes to mind? So many. Anna and Shirley and the raincoats. So people are, um, their strengths are fathomable sometimes, you know. And yeah, you just don't know what's happened to people. And people tune into all sorts of crazy stuff. My daughters, they're queens. Honey Birch, Lele Birch. They are both so amazing and powerful and brilliant. Gina is an absolute hero of mine as a young girl who wanted to play guitar in a rock band. She's paved the way for girls in rock music and art and film and she's fully expressive of her own connection to the goddess in this work. Without trailblazing women and men in this world, we don't move forward and embrace the power that's all around us just waiting to be used. Gina's a symbol of do what you want, no matter how unusual it is, and live your truth. We can all embrace this and find our purpose. Next week, we have the wonderful Aurora, voice of Frozen 2 and pop star extraordinaire. In the meantime, go seek out Queen Core and connect with me on social media. You can find me at Queen Core Pod on Twitter and Instagram and the Queen Core Podcast on TikTok. Share who you think is a queen and who you would like to hear on the podcast. Let us know. The Queen Core Podcast has been co-produced and presented by me, Carolyn King, co-produced and edited by Helena Rufai, with music by The Vantees. Laguna, laguna, laguna.